630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Headman right point. Left point stamp goes. Stamp goes, steps to the left circle. Sanders and score! Perry on a tip! Boy, kind of a shot pass from Stamp goes to Perry. It's one nothing lightning. Dave Mishkin with the call on the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network. Corey Perry still with the only goal of the game. Lightning leading the Panthers 1-0 with three minutes left in the second period. Tomorrow... Uh, the Oilers play uh, later on tonight. It's going to be the Blues and the uh, Avalanche in Game 2 of that series, Game 2 of Carolina and the Rangers tomorrow. You can get a tickets to the Safeway Road Game Watch Party on the Oilers' website. Five bucks tickets. will uh, The doors will open at 7.30 tomorrow, uh, so you can come watch the game on the big screen. I was uh, happy yesterday. I'm a little speck up in the broadcast booth. Somebody was waving to me. I don't know how they spotted me. Maybe maybe they were waving to somebody else, but they appear to be waving in my direction because when I wave back, they uh, waved more vigorously. So that was uh, a nice surprise for me because I'm camped out in the broadcast booth for the road game watch parties. All right, 780-496-0063. David, thanks for staying on hold there. What's going on? David, do we have you, sir? We do not have David. David, call back if you're out there and you want to talk. 780-496-0063 as we get you ready for the Oilers of the Flames tomorrow night. 6 o'clock for the face-off show. And uh, the game will start, well, probably closer to 845 tomorrow night. So it, it is going to be uh, another late one. Hey, if you know someone who is a massive Oilers fan, then go ahead and nominate them to win a pair of Oilers playoff tickets for Game 4 of the Battle of Alberta. That's going to be on Tuesday the 24th. We're taking nominations at 630Ched.com. We want to hear about the Oilers super fan in your life and why they deserve to win a pair of tickets to a playoff game. Go to the super fan contest at 630Ched.com and the Superfan Contest is presented by Sentinel Storage. So there we go. That is pretty cool. Get somebody uh, the uh, much-coveted playoff tickets for Game 4. So talking about the starts, uh, which will continue to be something that is emphasized for the Oilers, uh, Jay Woodcroft uh, did say that Mike Smith will start in net tomorrow. That is not a surprise to me, and uh, Smith says he just needs to get back in there and execute. It's the playoffs. There's no excuses at this point. There's no... You want to play your best hockey at this time of the year. I've said it numerous times, and it's a long series. It's a long series that stuff can happen throughout the course of the series. It's about staying the course and not letting you know games like that affect you mentally and physically. And you know, I feel as good as I felt all season long. So it's not about that. It's about getting the job done when you've been given the opportunity. And but no panic in your game. There's that's one game. We learn from it. And move on. Mike Smith really took control of the net for the Oilers sort of starting late March and through April. Played most of the games, though we still saw Miko Koskinen get spot duty along the way. In the playoffs, it's been Smith starting every night, every second night since we started uh, back on May the 4th. Uh, Woodcroft was asked if he thinks Mike Smith is getting fatigued. Well, I don't think so. I think for Mike... um 
you know, he didn't play a lot of hockey this year compared to a regular normal season for for Mike Smith. Uh, so, you know, the the accumulation of rest, and while he was injured, but the accumulation of rest over his first four or five months of the season, I think sets him up to play um, good hockey down the stretch. He's been excellent for us. Um, last night, I didn't think our team was anywhere needed, where it needed to be. You know, he didn't play many minutes last night, um, but he'll be going back in tomorrow. Doesn't surprise me. I think you got to go back to Smith. Uh, his puck moving hopefully will help ward off the Calgary forecheck to some extent. If Smith has uh, another poor or substandard start, then maybe you have to think about Costin for game three. But uh, in my mind, it was a no-doubter that you're going back with Mike Smith. All right, we got Ron on the Certainty hotline. Uh, hotline. Ron, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing? Very well. Good. Hey, I'm just on the highway, so if I, if you lose the call, it's just because I went in a depth. But, um, so, I, you know, one of your earlier callers was just saying that, you know, he's wondering what, why the old Oilers were so successful. For me, it, it's, and all the current problems are the lineup changes, and it's the, you know, constant changing of our lineup, and Players need confidence. They need to know who they're playing with, and and if game time they're they're on a different line, they it's hard to to mentally get into the game. Then you're you're thrown into the early part of the game, and you're with an, a new player, and and I just you go back to the success for the Oilers in the early days. Gretzky and Curry played together almost their whole career. So did Messier and Anderson. Well, and but Gretzky got Gretzky got cycled through a lot of different lines too, Ron. From what I remember, I mean, he played close to half the game. Okay, but the, the other thing then is is I look at other teams in the league. You know, Marchant and um, Bergeron, and you, you could just name successful pairs that always played together. And and if, and if I look at the other teams in the playoffs right now, who's shaken up the lineup as much as the Oilers have? It, it, the way I look at it too, Reed, is, you know, 20 games ago, we were just outside of the playoffs. Woodcroft came in, he kind of figured out a lineup that worked, and he pretty much left it. And the Oilers went on a huge run to, to the end of the season, you know, ended up in second place. And for me, when you've got players playing with confidence in a lineup that works, good or bad, the best thing he could have done was just left that lineup for the rest of the playoffs. And at least those guys know, they know, hey, we did this. We went 30 games and we had an amazing run. And and then they play with confidence and you start moving all those guys around and then they start a game and then all of a sudden they're behind and they're looking at each other well I'm with new guys and I'm you know what do you do uh, compared to the other guys that I've played with and I, I think you're you know a professional is sure they can bounce around once in a while and maybe if Poofy RV wasn't doing well with Kane and uh, McDavid he struggled in the early games of the L.A. series. We'll move him off to Cassian on that line. 
but you make one or two little changes, but you keep the core lineup that you were successful with. And okay. To me, it's... It's, yeah. To me, it's no surprise that they're... All right, struggling. Rod. Rod, I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I got other guys on hold, and you did a good job explaining your point. I I get what you are saying, Ron, and, and I think there's an argument there to be made. My counter-argument would be, um, you know, the Oilers did go with 11-7 and seven at times during the regular season, and they did it in the series against the Los Angeles Kings, and, and they played pretty well. I do agree with you that there can be maybe a little bit like, well, I'm used to having this guy as my winger, and now he's only my winger, um, you know, 10 shifts out of 18 in a game as opposed to 15 out of 18. I, 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 do, I do think that's a defendable part of your argument for sure, um, but I also think the Oilers have succeeded where they've had a lot of blended lines and McDavid bouncing all over the place as well. Uh, Tim is on the line too. Tim, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Um, good. Good. Uh, just, uh, I've heard a lot, so much about the uh, the start of the game, and, and yeah, rightfully so, it was brutal. But uh, I don't think enough is being said about, uh, I just want to quick, make two quick points. First of all, did you think when it was 5-1, the Oilers were going to make it uh, a tie game 6-6 by the end of the second period? That was remarkable that they were able to do that, first of all. And secondly, if you're Calgary, you just gave up a 5-1 lead in the second period. It was 6-6 at the end of the second period. The looks on their faces when it was 6-6, it was priceless. Uh, just, I mean, what are your comments about that? I don't think enough was being made about that. Um, uh, well, I think Rob, and I, Rob and I talked about it last night. I, I will always credit the Oilers for fighting back. Any team that is behind and fights back, good for them. I think that a big part of it was Markstrom having an off night as opposed to the Oilers applying a ton of pressure. And I also think, yes, kudos that they came back, and it was early in the third period, by the way, not at the end of the second, but still. Um, and I said this to Rob last night, the, and this happens a lot in other sports too, you put so much energy into the comeback, just tying the game feels like a victory, and then you can't take the lead. And that happened to Edmonton last night, less than two minutes after they tied it. So, I, uh, Tim, I think you're trying to look on the bright side, which I appreciate, and it would have been awesome if the Oilers could have stolen that game. But uh, to me, more more things to work on than positives to take out of that game for the Oilers. That's just my opinion. Tony is on the line as well. Tony, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Tony here. Yep. Hey, listen. First things first. I'd rather lose the first one than the last one. Okay. Sure. We ran into this with the Kings. I still play hockey. I'm 40 years old. I'm same age as Mike Smith. Goaltending, hockey. It's a mental game too. These guys took this long break, and it isn't that long, but it's long enough that we know our Oilers, if they take too long of a break, they come out slow. And here we are. They had not only a longer break than Calgary, they walk into a stadium that's bumping. This is Alberta, right? Respect their cousins a little bit. They were pumping up the flames huge. And when they paused after the Canadian anthem, and it was go, flames, go, go, flames, go, you know their blood, their mind, everything's just what is going to happen here. We're hyping up the Battle of Alberta, and we should be. And we've seen our guys come out, and they came out with a poor start. Mike Smith, God bless him, he didn't run down the hallway scared. He stood with his team, and he had that look like, man, he, he took responsibility for what happened. Koskinen got to jump in. He got to play in the playoffs now. We tested everything. We felt them out. 
we came back. We tied it. And, yeah, the last caller just said, you know, it feels like a victory. It does. And they got caught off guard. Whatever. We lost the first one. We're not going to lose the last one. These guys are going to get ramped up. We're playing tomorrow. They're back into their timing. Game every other day. And that energy, that room, this young blood, they're going to feed off that. They don't want to feel that again. Right? Great so let's, let's back our guys. Right on. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, Tony. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We also have Ryan standing by. Ryan, it's all yours. Hey, Reed. Uh, first time caller. Love your show. Love listening to you and Rob. Uh, so just Thanks. a couple thoughts here. Um, so one thing, I know Bob mentioned this on his show earlier, and as much as I don't see it happening for game two, um, I think it could be something to watch. I'd love to see Holloway get in. I know um, practice time and, and stuff like that like yep. plays in, but uh, I think I think he'd come out of a cannon. Um, I think he's someone that could help um, save Nuge from his five-on-five play because that's been pretty bad. Um, the other yep. thing, and again, this is something I don't see happening, but um, and, and again, the others, I think last night showed you have guys like Chris Russell and stuff just going off the glass and, and I love Chris Russell, but it's just a punt every time. Um, I would love to see Nima line and play against Calgary. I, he's big physical. He's the yeah, exact type just, of guy who could, you're like, the, you're the third person who said that to me. I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't see it. I, I think they'll go 12 and six first. And honestly, I think Broberg would get in before Neiman oh, line. If, if I'm wrong, I will admit I'm wrong, but that's, that's kind of how I think Broberg is the better player. I just feel like Neiman line is one of those guys, you know, he'll take a run at Lucic. He'll take a run at Goudreau. Um, and the Oilers really haven't shown any of that. Like last night, Cassian had zero hits. Like when McDavid's yep. leading your team in hits, like that's just an issue. So again, long shot. I just, I think I'd love to see it. At, even if, you know, it goes down to nothing. Throw some throw some guys in there who are gonna, you know, come out with something to prove. Um, okay, the show. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate the calls from everybody. I got to quickly visit with Dave Campbell when we get back to Inside Sports. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, in about uh, 50 minutes, we're going to meet a young man by the name of Declan Lord. He's a 13-year-old umpire in the Sherwood Park Minor Baseball Association, and he umpires games from his wheelchair. He is a really cool story, and uh, he's going to tell us about his uh, career, and uh, he's going to tell us why he needs to use a, a wheelchair, and uh, he's a pretty inspirational young man. That's coming up around 7.45 tonight. Dave Campbell's the producer of this show. He's been uh, watching the Oilers, of course, and covering the Edmonton Elks, Dave, who, thanks to something that happened, I guess, about 24 hours ago, are going to keep going uninterrupted yes. here. That's right, because we have a CBA finally. We don't have to talk about this. Finish up here in about you know ten minutes time, or I guess less than that. If it was ten minutes time, I'd be cutting into the news, and the newsroom would get mad at me. But uh, yeah, CBA uh, tentatively agreed to last night between the league and the players, and uh, it still has to be ratified by both the governors of the CFL and the PA. It's going to get ratified. Reed, I'll just be straight out here, and I've I've seen a few CBA deals in my time covering the uh, Elks and and the CFL. By far the best deal I've ever seen the, the players are able to secure. They went on strike, well, seven of the nine teams, because they were in a legal position to do so. The Elks and the Stamps were not, so that's why they kept going. But uh, 
the pressure point they put on the on on the league, and the big pressure point was losing a preseason game. And in a pre in the preseason, you don't have to pay players game checks. So whatever revenue you generate, the team gets it, the league gets it, right? And in Regina, there was supposed to be a preseason game on Monday against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's been moved to May 31st. That was the pressure point. So you look at things like a uh, meaningful increase of the salary cap. It's going to go up $100,000 each year for six years starting next season. Um, better medical benefits by year three of the deal. Access to all revenues, including Grey Cup. They have the ability to audit the numbers. They've been wanting to look at the CFL financial books for a long time, and they said no. Well, now now they get to audit. They, they actually get to go into the and look at the books. They actually get a seat at the table when it comes to how they grow the league revenue-wise and as a business. It's just one seat. But before yesterday, the CFLPA wasn't involved in any of those discussions. Uh, by year three of a three-year contract, you can negotiate as a veteran 50% of your deal to be guaranteed money. So we have a little bit of guaranteed, you know, it's not a lot, but we have guaranteed money uh, in in some. Now, this is this is a little weird, but this won't happen until next year. Uh, eight starting Canadians, one whom is a nationalized American, a veteran American. Oh, So three years with the same team or five years in the league. And this is where it gets kind of funky, and I hope they kind of tweak this because this is confusing. Three other nationalized Americans can play up to 49% of all snaps on offense or defense. So I hope the football ops cap Who's will counting all one this? coach to be hired to, to, to track this. Yeah, exactly. Who's tracking all this stuff? Apparently it's going to be tracked after, after each game. Someone is going to go okay. in there and actually do an audit. And here's another big thing. Uh, and then the players did very well here. The CBA was always a pressure point when it comes to the league, to, to the players. Well, the CBA is going to expire a day before camp. So we'll make you sign any, any deal we want you to. The PA got in, in this next deal, which is seven years. The CBA expires one month prior to the start of training camp. That is amazing. So the players did very, very well here. Okay. Uh, in the final minute here, Dave, a lot of people ask me who the Elks quarterback is. What's going on? Well, they have six. Other than that, I can't tell you anything <laughs> you can't, more than you that. You can't have the ball on the field. <laughs> No, you can't. And that's why I'm anticipating the, the preseason game next Friday because that'll tell some stories. But uh, I'll tell you right now, the two vets, Nick Arbuckle especially, and Taylor Cornelius, they look pretty good. And they got some young young arms in there too that have uh, shown well. So lots to be decided. And we're going to get our first look at it in eight days from now. And I can't wait. Dave, thanks for the update. Have a good night. Thank you, Reed. Talk to you soon. Dave Campbell. Likes the CBA agreement for the CFL. Everybody back at it. Other teams did shut down. Elks and Stamps were still going. And uh, Elks have a game on 6.30 Chet next Friday. How about that? Back after the 7 o'clock news and weather. More on the, the Oilers. We'll talk some Oil Kings as well. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.